Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. programs and we're back for another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so uh what's our what's our status on tears of the kingdom for the week <laughs> oh we're gonna start off of, with that let's go ahead and get okay. it out of the way yeah um i haven't played it as much as i have been the last couple of weeks uh, so this past weekend we started production on our mutual friend uh, steve wise's latest short film called the walker mm-hmm. So uh, I'm one of the producers for it. So this week's been, as you very well know, the week leading up to shooting is a little hectic uh, yeah. and a little busy. So just a little bit, uh, yeah, just a little bit. So again, uh, playing it a little bit um, while I can. I haven't made a ton of progress. I've you know gotten a few new shrines, um, beat those. I've really been trying to to upgrade my armor. So going through and you know, getting the uh, the great fairies and whatnot and then finding what I need to, um, you know, upgrade my armor. Have you found the champion's tunic from Breath of the Wild yet? Champion's tunic. Which one is that? I don't think I have. The It's the blue one that was Link's, like, default tunic in Breath of the Wild. Uh, no, I haven't gotten that one yet. Okay, so I, I found it, and that's the one that I've been been trying to upgrade because it's actually fairly easy to Mm -hmm. so um at a decent spot now i'm just kind of doing that in a combination of exploring before i really you know do the the final portion of the the main quest yeah i've been pretty much doing the same thing i've been uh just getting all the ingredients i need to uh 
to upgrade all my armor that I have so far. Um, I've been trying to go around to all the inns and getting all the uh, the end points so I can get armor for the horses because um, I got Zelda's golden horse now, which is I did awesome. that too, and uh, I got the um, soul uh, the is it the, the knight's armor for the horse, and he looks so badass at this point that I I just want to ride the horse around and just look cool for for most of the game now. I mean, it can't get much cooler than riding a golden horse with some yeah, armor on it. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've yeah. been really doing is just opening up whatever little parts of the maps I haven't opened up yet and just exploring. And that's that's the cool part. Well, one of the many cool parts about the game uh, is that there's just so much to do that you can take a break for weeks from the main story and just do all these different side quests and those side quests spawn off other side quests so on and so forth so there i'm still months away from even (laughs) really scratching the surface of this game dude you don't even have to be doing any any uh side quests or anything like i'm up in the northeast corner of the map right now i just kind of strolled in there the other day and ended up finding like five shrines up there and that's what I did for the last couple of days. Just opened up all those shrines, um, looking for, you know, just looking for stuff to do. And there's no shortage of things to do in that game. I know people are sick of us talking about it, but damn it, that game's so good. I like to think they're not sick of it. I, well, I, Tyler I came up with the idea. <laughs> well, yeah, but but that's okay. Um we always talk about it at the beginning of the show so they can just skip yeah. ahead. But yeah, the the golden horse portion was uh, was interesting because I remember you talking about it last week and then I I found the area of where it was at and of course you have to to fight a a gliok which mm-hmm. I'm like okay, I've beaten one before. Yeah. So I can beat this one. It took me a couple of tries but I was able to do it. I so did. I'm not as scared anymore. I did find the giant white horse, too. Have you come across that I, one yet? I, I, that's something on, that's on my list to do. That and finding uh, Ganondorf's horse. Yeah, that giant horse is crazy big, and uh, I put him in the stable. I'm like, you're just going to stay in here from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures. He's like as big as a stable. Yeah, he's huge. And I'm just like, I'm never going to ride you anywhere, so you're just going to stay in the stable and eat hay and be happy. That's what you're going to do. He's like the Andre the Giant of horses. <laughs> he is. It's crazy. Like you're riding on him and you look like a child up on his back riding him around. Like this is just crazy. Uh, we'll say the the giant white horse is the Andre the Giant of horses and Ganon's horse is the undertaker yeah. of the giant horses. And then trying to get him back to where I got the the from the lady that I got the the quest from, trying to get him halfway across that uh, the map of that area he doesn't want to do he doesn't want to go where you want him to go so you're trying to go in one direction and he's like nope I'm going this way and then he's like he's like a three ton horse what are you going to do you can't make him do what you want him to do uh, so just, just trying to keep to, your fingers crossed and hope for the best <laughs> so just trying to turn in that quest is an adventure on its own uh, I'm excited to try it I'm going to try to do that this week. But uh, anything else before we go? We we got a lot of news tonight. Anything else before we go into the news? 
Nope, I'm I'm good. All right, well, let's do it. And some of tonight's news stories were submitted to us by Mr. Armez Jackson, I Am the Rampage, and Donner Party of Five, and Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mr. Mike Evelyn. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And uh, this one's a very important story that has popped up in the last week or so. This is from, this is actually on Kotaku.com. An alarming 87% of retro games are being lost to time. In the first study on the commercial availability of classic games, only 13% have been preserved as of now. Um says, uh, despite being a billion-dollar industry, video games are something of a dying medium. A vast array of titles are frequently killed off in one way or another. Uh, according to a new study, the number of games being lost to time is quite staggering. Nearly 9 out of 10 U.S. games are critically endangered. The Video Game History Foundation partnered with the Software Preservation Network, an organization intent on advancing software preservation through collective action, to release a report on uh, to release a report on the disappearance of classic video games. Uh, it says classic in this case has been defined as all games released before 2010, which the VGHF noted is the year when digital game distribution started to take off. Um, this is quite a lengthy article, but. Basically, what it boils down to is we have to start preserving these games. Video game companies have to be uh, more diligent in being able to do this. And if it's stuff that involves licensing and things like that, they're going to have to come up with something to because there's no way to make money on this stuff anymore. You can't go to a, to to Walmart and buy. You know, uh, you can't buy. Pick any random PS2 game. Like, you just can't do it. They don't exist anymore. If you go to the secondary market, whoever made that game is not making that money anyway because it's that game's already been purchased. A lot of these games you can get on digital download, but it's a fraction of the, the games that are out there and need to be preserved. So, and if you try to, you know, get a ROM of this stuff, Nintendo doesn't like things like that, and they will sue you out of existence. So what do we... Tell me what... Tell us what we need to do, Derek. I don't know what to do at this point. I don't want to say that, you know, Nintendo is holding the smoking gun in a, a situation like this. But well, you read this article, and the first one that comes to mind is Nintendo. Like, they no, are, absolutely, they are absolutely. the worst at this. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. And I'm not saying that other companies aren't guilty, because they are. But yeah, there has to be some kind of physical preservation of just one copy of every video game that has been made. I don't think it's that hard. Yeah. I know that's a lot, but it's really not that hard. I think these companies need to realize, like you said, you're not going to make money off of it. But it, at the core, I'd say the majority or more are than are not grew up fans of gaming that's why they got into the profession you got to look at it as this is bigger than one single company this is about the video game industry and preserving its history mm-hmm. i mean it's the same thing with you know look at it look at them as as like movies you know you can go and 
it's okay to preserve films, you know, like there's archives and there's, you know, the library of Congress, like the stuff gets preserved all the time because it's looked at as art. Why are video games not the same way? Why is there no, I mean, like why can't archive.org be able to have these ROMs of all these games that are put on there without the threat of being sued out of existence by PlayStation or, I mean, Sony or Nintendo, who is the worst at this. And, like, I get it, Nintendo. You have a, a long legacy. You have tens of thousands of video games that you, you that has been put out on your system, systems, for the last 30-something years. Now, if you're good, all the do more it, important reason to preserve it. Yeah, why not have an online, like a library? Why not have a library that's accessible by whatever device you have at the moment, or even computers, to be able to access a ROM of games that uh, of of yesteryear? Like, why is the entire Nintendo library not accessible from Switch Online? Why do you filter, you know, two or three games a year? on that thing. Just give us the entire freaking library. The short answer is it makes too much sense yeah. to do that. I, I wish I had the answer. Like if I had the answer, I would have a lot more money than I currently do right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's an easy solution to me, but they, they choose not to do that for, for their own reasons, I guess. Cause I mean, Nintendo goes after these ROM sites Gets, gets them taken down, threatens to sue them, or does sue them. Yet, what are you doing about it, Nintendo? Obviously, people want this stuff. You know, I mean, the need is there. This stuff needs to be preserved. That's just all there is. To, that's all there is to it. Everything needs to be preserved in some form uh, of a digital library. And that's just, that's that. That's all there is to it. I mean, the way I look at it is it's no different than what you were saying earlier about movies. Like, movies are considered an art form and a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Aren't video games? Exactly. I mean, they're just a different type of form of entertainment. But that doesn't mean that it's like less meaningful. Yeah. I I just, I I don't understand because Nintendo's like, well, we could still make money off this. Well, yeah, you can if you give me. All these games in some sort of online library, I, I'd be happy to pay for whatever ROM to download or just have access to that library. Like, why is that not a thing? If you're worried about not getting paid for this stuff, then come up with a freaking way for me to pay you for it. That's all I got to say. Maybe one day, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Joey in the chat says there's clearly a demand for it. Just put every Nintendo console game ever released on their digital store. Yeah, it's not that hard. Put you know, it's really not. Make get a team of people, you know, five or ten people to put all these ROMs online. You know, do whatever you know remastering needs to be done or whatever you know button remapping needs to be done for whatever console is out there or even accessible. Online, like go to nintendo.com slash NES library and be able to plug a USB, you know, Nintendo controller into your computer and be able to play it. It's not that hard. Why are they? This angers me (laughs) and I'm trying not to rant. But the listeners love the rants. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
the yeah exactly the uh, talking to the chat room Joey in the chat room the ROMs are already out there so and people are already playing them so why not just put it in a library somewhere I look at it as like all the different streaming services that there are like if I want to watch Star Trek the Next Generation I can go to Paramount Plus if I want to watch Cobra Kai I can go to Netflix why can't there be something like that for video games that you just flip on like oh i want to play earthbound so like that and i can play it yeah and, and if if they want to still make money off of say like super mario brothers 3 for the nintendo why can't i go to the nintendo site and be like hey i want to purchase a, a copy of Nin- a super mario brothers 3 for the nintendo and it's available to be purchased like if you want to still make money for it have it available to be purchased I mean, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. It's that simple, I, Nintendo. Your move. And we're not just making fun of Nintendo. I mean, this is Sony. This is Microsoft. Yeah, this is, yeah they're they're all guilty of it. Yeah. So, but Nintendo's just been the worst with it, and that plus they've been around the longest. Yeah. So. They have the biggest library. But we should move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, next story comes to us from TimeExtension.com. Hypermega's tech or Hypermega Tech's Super Pocket is a Game Boy style handheld which plays Evercade carts. Which actually, they uh, there's two different versions. There's a blue one and a black one. They both actually look really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Evercade maker Blaze recently revealed that it was launching a new brand called Hypermega Tech, which would focus on bringing great licenses and properties together with retro and nostalgic products featuring modern sensibilities whilst covering the realms of video games, toys, board games, and consumer technology. We can now reveal the first product from this new brand, and it's not a million miles away from the Evercade as it happens. The Super Pocket is a Game Boy-style handheld device, which comes in two flavors, <laughs> Capcom and Taito. I like that. As you might expect, <laughs> as you might expect each version comes preloaded with a bunch of arcade and console classics. I like to think Capcom tastes like apples and Taito's yeah. like oranges. <laughs> I like uh, the Capcom uh, color scheme because it looks like the uh, the original Mega Man box art. Like it, it reminds me of the old, the original, the, the bad Mega Man uh, box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. Have it. we done that top five yet? Worst video game cover art. I think we did. We'll have to I'll have to look back and see if we did because that might have to be uh, top five if we haven't done that already. Yeah, because that's absolutely top five worthy. Uh, just to run through these real quick, uh, the games included on the Capcom version include Final Fight, Ghouls and Ghosts, Mega Man, the NES version, 1942, 1943, and 1944, The Loopmaster, Strider, Bionic Commando, and Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting. The games include on the Taito version include Space Invaders, Bubble Bobble, Operation Wolf, uh, Elevator Action, The Fairyland Story, Football Champ, The Legend of Cage, and Space Invaders 91. I I really dig the Capcom version. Yeah, I like the Capcom version. That's a, a lot good better. that's a good library and I didn't even list all of them. Yeah, I mean they got a lot of cool stuff on the the Taito one, but man, that Capcom one is it looks cool and it's got some really good games on it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see here. It's available for pre-order as we speak. Um, it doesn't list the the U.S. Uh, cost, 
So I'll have to look that up real quick. And it launches this October. Limited editions of the Super Pocket Capcom Edition and Super Pocket Taito Edition will be in crystal translucent plastic. So think of like the see-through Game Boy Color yeah. from, from back in the day. And those will also be available from funstock.co.uk and funstock.edu for the UK, US, Canada, Europe, and more. Uh, it says for the the um, um, for a dollar, uh, it's fifty nine ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, it's cheaper than Tears of the Kingdom. I re- I just love the way this thing looks. These just look really cool. Yeah, they do. Uh, for the next story, this is from IGN.com. Gex is coming to modern consoles. We willed this into existence, by the way. <laughs> I know. Uh, the Gex trilogy, uh, Gex, in- Gex Into the Gecko and Gex 3 Deep Cover Gecko, is officially coming to modern consoles, limited run games announced during a live stream. Uh, the snarky little gecko will be hitting the PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam. Uh, they didn't announce a release date or show off any gameplay, but did note it's being remastered with the Carbon Engine. It was originally released in 1995 for the EDO and later ported to the original PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, and PC. And it spawned sequels in 1998-99, but publisher Square Enix hasn't released any new entries since. So yeah, um, so what do we want to manifest next? Because every, it seems like everything we talk about comes true at some point. Except the stuff we really want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I'll have to think on that one. But th- this was crazy when I saw this in the uh, in the Google Doc. I'm like, wow. We it's like we really willed it into existence. <laughs> yeah, I, I I played Enter the Gecko and reviewed it on the show a while back. I had fun with it, but I also like the like the parody and the the pop culture references and things like that. It's very much a product of its time. Are they gonna? So up, I don't know. Wonder if they're gonna update the the pop culture references in it. I th- they they should. I doubt they will. I could be wrong, but I I don't know. I don't know that I'll get this, but it, it, it's kind of cool that it's being brought back. I mean, it's a character that. I honestly would have never picked to have any type of a comeback. Not yeah. saying that this is leading to one, but even getting a a remaster or a collection is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I didn't really think Gex was that big of a deal, but apparently so. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from GameSpot.com, cult classic Tomba to be released on modern platforms. Limited Run Games is bringing a certain pink-haired wild child back to modern platformers with the re-release of cult favorite PlayStation title Tomba. The fun and colorful platformer will be re-released on PS4 and 5, Nintendo Switch, and PC thanks to LRG's Carbon Engine. Another Carbon Engine reference today. Uh, Tomba was first released for the PlayStation in 1998, and despite limited commercial success, it still got a sequel a year later, and after being recognized as a cult classic title, was re-released on the PlayStation Network in 2011. The game follows a pink-haired jungle boy named Tomba as he tries to reclaim a family heirloom from an evil race of humanoid pigs. I have to play this game. (laughs) I don't remember this game at all. I, I don't either. 
Uh, limited run has announced a re-release of the game for modern PlayStation consoles. Uh, game's original audio design was heavily criticized on release, so the remake will feature a brand new soundtrack by legendary composer Fujita Harumi and is in line for both physical and digital releases with limited run games promising more details soon. So no um, concrete release date yet, but again, another franchise that I didn't think would get any type of a a resurgence. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, I've never even heard of this game before. Uh, Joey said, starring the pig man from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, and Mushmouth said, said about Gex, like the option to choose between original jokes and new jokes would be pretty rad. Yeah, that would actually be really cool. Do like a a modern take, but still be able to have the option to go back and play the classic version. Because you could get Dana Gould come back and do the vo- do yeah. some voice work. I mean, he's still around. And there's so much material to choose oh, from yeah. today. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, let's see. This is from NintendoLife.com. Disney remastering Sega Genesis platformer Gargoyles Switch release confirmed. Uh, and there's been an update. Uh, the physical release is coming this fall. A Switch release of the Gargoyles remastered has now been officially confirmed. Additionally, limited a lot of limited run stuff today. We'll be handling the physical release. It's due this fall and a proper reveal is coming later this year. Uh, it says um, that Limited Run tweeted out the spell is broken and we live again. Gargoyles Remastered gets a physical release from Limited Run this fall. Stay tuned for more exciting information and a reveal later this year. Uh, it says it will follow from the release of Aladdin, The Lion King, The Jungle Book, and the Disney Classic Games Collection. Remastered uh, is being handled by the team at Empty Clip Studios. Uh, unfortunately, no platforms have been announced just yet. But if they hear any updates regarding a Switch release, they will let us know. And um, I'm I'm going to get this when it comes out because I never got to play the original Sega Genesis version. Did you Did you ever play this? Mm-mm. No, I'm going to get it as well. And it's funny that we're talking about this because about half an hour before we started the show, I saw online that it's it's not confirmed but there's a rumor that there will be a live-action Gargoyles movie. Live-action? Mm-hmm. Really? With, um, I think his name's Kenneth Bragna. Yeah, The guy Kenneth who directed Brown. Thor, and yeah, he's supposed to direct. Really? He's perfect for this. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, I imagine the Gargoyles will be CG, but they gotta bring Keith David back to be Goliath. Yeah, because no one else can be Goliath. The reason Kenneth Branagh was so good at bringing Thor to life is because he, you know, he's like a, a Shakespearean trained actor and stuff. So mm-hmm. he was really good at like that, you know, Shakespearean drama. So he's perfect for this. Like I'm, I haven't been excited about a movie uh, news release in a while, and you telling me that Kenneth Branagh is going to be doing a live action Gargoyles movie? I've they've already got my money for a ticket. Like I'm. Take my money, please. I'll send you the article after the show. Please do, because that is exciting. Yeah, I saw that come across my feed, and I'm like... <gasps> but yeah, I'm going to get this game as well. Yeah, Chuck... I, I never played it, and I I, I love the Gargoyles. So. Yeah, Chuck in the chat room brought it up, too, about Kenneth Branagh. That's freaking awesome. I, 
I'm so excited now. That's that's very cool. I like that. Put us on the crew. Yes, please. And finally, also from our favorite site, NintendoLife.com, Jurassic Park Classic Games Collection officially announced. This show is just brought to you by the re-releases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after being teased a few months ago, guess who? Limited Run Games has mm-hmm. finally officially revealed its upcoming collection of classic Jurassic Park games, all to celebrate the 1993 movie's 30th anniversary. Highlighted during today's LRG3 presentation, the Retro Games publisher is working with Universal Games and digital platforms to release physical and digital versions of two Jurassic Park titles. Uh, While two games might not sound like a lot, the collection will feature all versions of the two titles released across the NES, Super Nintendo, and Game Boy, which are Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park 2. The chaos continues. There will be three versions of the physical uh, iteration of the game, standard, classic, and prehistory editions. Uh, pre-orders will open September 1st and are available until October 15th. The standard edition is just a physical copy. Classic edition includes a steelbook and packaging inspired by the original Jurassic hmm. Park VHS case, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah, and the prehistoric edition, or the classic edition runs you $64.99. The prehistoric edition, which includes all of that, plus a replica of Dr. Alan Grant's ID card inspired by the Jurassic Park game, physical soundtrack CD with the music from the game collection, many replicas of original Jurassic Park NES, Game Boy, and SNES game cartridges in a custom display frame, and packaging inspired by the classic toys, which will run you $174.99. Jeez. That's a little pricey. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. I I never played these games. But I did. I, uh, I'm not a huge fan. I heard mixed fan. things. They're okay, but they're not great i mean maybe i should do a maybe we should do a dual review of these games because uh, i don't i don't think i ever played the genesis version i did play the super nintendo version and i wasn't a huge fan of it but i do know that the uh they're two completely different games like the genesis version is actually uh more of a side scroller and you can actually play as a raptor <laughs> and in the <laughs> super nintendo version it's more of an overhead zelda type of a uh, sort of a puzzle game so right maybe we need to do a review go okay. back and take a look at these 
Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, Joey says L- uh, LRG ain't worth giving money to. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a few bad things about <laughs> limited run games, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. But uh, but that brings us to the end of the news. And uh, how long have we been going? Yeah, it's probably we should probably save this month in video game history for next week. And um, we'll yeah, just, sounds good. But before we go into the review tonight, Derek, would you like to do our shout outs? As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond herself, Donna Diamond. Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued (laughs) contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. And for as little as a dollar a month, that's I've been saying it for the last few weeks, but it's it's still true. That is like a fraction of gas station coffee. Yeah, I've had to get enough gas station coffee lately to to know that that is a scientific fact, (laughs) as they would say in Anchorman. Uh, yeah, for just as little as a dollar a month, you get uh, early access to our commentary tracks like we did the, you know, Batman 89 track that we've been wanting to do for a long time, which is one of my personal favorites that we've done. We've also done other commentary tracks as well, like Darkwing Duck, uh, Gargoyles that we mentioned earlier, uh, Rebels, Clone Wars, live action movies like Christmas Vacation and Clue. The The list is near endless as to what we've done. So for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to that. And uh, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, you can uh, you can donate there. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout-out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about... adventure video game created for the Nintendo Entertainment System by Rare. It's a rare game, Derek. Yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I, I never not, knew they did this. I didn't either. And published by LJN dun, 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 in 1989. <laughs> the single player game is loosely based on the film and had combined elements of graphic adventure computer games with some more traditional action adventure gameplay. A different version of the game was also released for various computer systems in 1988. 
Uh, and the plot is pretty much like the movie. The game takes place in Los Angeles in 1947. You control private detective Eddie Valiant, who is uh, who is always being followed by Roger Rabbit, who pretty much does nothing throughout the game except uh, get run over by cars and uh, kidnapped by vultures and weasels, things of that nature. <laughs> so, and basically, all you're doing in the games, you go around, you're trying to talk to people. You're going around to different uh, buildings and uh, office spaces and hotels, talking to people, and you're trying to uh, gather up all these items to uh, help you solve uh, who killed, um, who was the original person that, uh, let's see, because um, I'm trying to re- remember the actual plot of the movie, and it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but R- Roger gets framed for killing... Uh, who does well, he, he didn't get? he kill an executive? Yeah, it was like an executive or, or something executive. like that. And basically, you're trying to go around uh, gathering clues so you can figure out who framed Roger Rabbit. Of course, you've got to go up against Judge Doom at the end of the game. He's the big bad, but I never made it that far. Okay, so... I have not played this game, but I did watch some some gameplay earlier, and I briefly commented on this when you mentioned this was what you were going to review why first of all why would you make a game based <laughs> off a movie and you can't play as the title character yeah well that makes zero sense <laughs> like is eddie an important part of the movie absolutely yes but the the movie was who framed roger rabbit not who framed eddie valiant yeah like when i'm thinking of a roger rabbit game i'm thinking of playing as Roger and you're doing all kinds of like goofy animated stuff like kind of like the mask like that type of gameplay that's what but I was thinking too it, like it is not it seems like it was ready made to be sort of a uh, a side scroller adventure type of game like it, it would be sort of like um like you could get with the who was the baby in the game or the movie uh I'm I'm looking up the cast now he did to that, see uh, that short that short too that they put in front of uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, because it's the little baby that he acts like a baby on screen, but then when when they they cut cameras, he like th- you know starts smoking a cigar and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> Roger Rabbit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> babe, it's like Baby Huey or something like that." Uh, Baby Herman. Baby Herman, that's it. I knew it was something like that. Like, yeah, I'm looking at if, a picture of Baby Herman with the giant stoke. Yeah, what if you could like switch between him and Baby Herman on like a, a two like a, a side scrolling adventure? Like that seems it would be make more sense. And or you could also have a level or two where you drive in Benny the Cab. Yeah. I mean you can do that in this game, but it's not easy. It, it's kind of terrible. Trying to drive them around the overhead map. So then just take that and make it better. Yeah. They at least had that. But here's the thing. Here's some some of my notes I wrote about the game. Much like other games in the LJN library, such as Friday the 13th and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, it is a game full of good ideas, just executed poorly because of the limits of the technology. And then once I found out that this game was made by Rare, I'm like, was it the limits of the technology or were they under some sort of deadline pressure 
to get this game out, and it went out relatively half-baked or, you know, maybe kind of unfinished because the thing is, like, that it reminds me a lot of... Because of the, the you have to go through the game, you got to go diff- different buildings, which, you know, the overhead map, you kind of got to either have a really good memory or, or make a, a drawing of the overhead map so you remember what buildings you've been in, in before. Um, because you basically you, you have the overhead map and you're trying to avoid, you know, weasels trying to come get Roger and you know, there's cars that can run over you and stuff. And you go to to a building, and then it switches to a side-scrolling view, and you're outside, and you can talk to people that are either walking by, or you go inside the building, and you talk to people, um, and you basically they they only have one line, like two lines of dialogue. Either uh, there yet um, he only asks one question, like can you, can you help me? And then they'll say either. Uh, yes, there's, uh, keep searching the building or no, this building is empty. And if they tell you, no, this building is empty, just leave. That's it. But if they say, yes, search the building, you can go through and look through, uh, you know, like tables and cabinets and you can look in plants in the hallway. And then once you find whatever it is that's, you know, hidden in the building, then you're done with that building and you move on to the next one. And it feels like if you could have done something, if you're going to stick with that type of gameplay, why not go all in and make it more like Maniac Mansion and put more into the dialogue, talking to people, searching through stuff, make it like an actual mystery with different endings that you could do depending on, you know, what's stuff you do during the game. But there's so much different stuff jammed into this one game it's kind of like it went from what could have been a really good game doing one thing to it's just mediocre at everything it does and maybe even sub mediocre so it, it seems like it's a game that doesn't quite know what it wants to be exactly that's exactly it that's how i felt the entire time playing it and then when it does come to parts where you have to fight, uh, you know, there are parts where one of the first um, enemies you come across that you have to fight, like actually hit, you know, fist fight with the, the weasel that has uh, the, the straight jacket on. He comes running after you outside one of the buildings. I go to hit him and Eddie does this like two second wind up bounce before he punches which makes it impossible to hit anything i'm like why would you do this what is the point of this seems like something a cartoon character would do (laughs) but eddie's not a tune exactly he's the only human here yeah Uh, that that's frustrating and I feel, feel like, and I feel like the older I get, the more I recognize <clears throat> with these old games, they were trying, I guess they, what they, the reason they put stuff, frustrating stuff like that into these games is because they, of the rental market at the time, they were doing everything they could to fight the rental market because they want you to go out and buy this game instead of renting it 
and being able to beat it in a weekend and then not buying it. But they're kicking the they're you know they're biting they're they're cutting off their own nose to spite their face because they're making the game they made the games too hard so you couldn't beat them. But then if you rented it and it was too hard to, to play, you're not gonna go buy it anyway. So I would much rather have gone and, and rented a game that was enjoyable, but I could beat it over and over again. I would gladly have put, you know, my birthday money or Christmas money down on a game that was fun to play and easily beatable than a game that I could barely get two minutes into before immense frustration begins to rain upon you. Yeah, it makes me think of Star Fox 64. Like, it's not a very long game, but it's one of the most fun games for that console. And yeah, you that's a game that you could rent and you could beat it in a weekend. Yeah. But you know what? I'm still going to go back and play it. Yeah. Because I because I really like it. You know, it, it's it's like that old saying, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. Mm. If you are going to make games that are that difficult, you're going to have to kind of accept the blowback you're going to get. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, as soon as I found out that this was made by Rare, and this is a very, uh, uh, no pun intended, rare misfire for Rare when it comes to making games for Nintendo. And it just, I'd love to talk to someone who worked on this game because Rare is known for, you know, putting a lot of time and effort and good gameplay in, into the game so that they're fun to play and, uh, you know, gameplay first, you know, make a fun game to play. And what went, what really went wrong with this game? Because it seems like that they had big ideas for it, but it just feels so unfinished and half-baked. Yeah, I just keep going back to... It's like they were trying to make two or three different games into one. Mm-hmm. Like, it I, it may have been better had they just picked a style to go with. Like you were mentioning with going all in with the the detective aspect of it. Or you make it like a traditional side-scrolling platformer with Roger. You gotta... It's got to be one or the other. Like, I, I don't think too many games could afford, especially at that time, to try to be a lot of different things. Yeah, and I mean, you could have... It's, it's The thing is, like, whenever I play games like this, I'm I, all I'm doing is sitting there thinking about what I would have done to make the game better. You know, like... Right. Giving um, better dialogue to... Uh, you know, like if you're going to do the maniac mansion type of thing, have better dialogue with the people that you talk to, like be able to have different things that they say, or, you know, just make it a little more interesting. And if you're going to do more of a, uh, if you're going to switch to a 2d thing, like why not do some of the stuff where you go to the apartment buildings and you got to talk to somebody and find something. And then like it says, you got to search this build. There's something in this building you got to find. Then switch to like a 2D platformer, and that's when you're you switch to like maybe Roger and go through these crazy platforming sections to find something you know like in a warehouse or something, or you know you're going through you know someone's apartment or something like that where you gotta find the uh, some sort of clue. 
and then switch back to the the you know the maniac mansion like looking for clue type of thing. Like you could have done so much better with what was <coughs> with what I feel like they were trying to do. But like I said, it just feels like it's just it's it's a lot of good ideas just executed very very poorly. And to kind of go back to the the rare aspect of it, it's interesting because we say so many good things about rare that it's it's almost shocking when they come up with something like this. But yeah, and all all the great companies have like they have misses. Like not everything is a success, but it, it still I think it still speaks to their track record that. You know, when they make a game like this that is considered to be mediocre, it's like a huge deal. Yeah, and that and that's why I think I really don't think it's Rare's fault. I think they might have been under a time crunch, or maybe this was something else that they were working on that got reskinned as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and they were just kind of like, uh, "We got to have a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We, we got the license." Uh, and LJN wants us to make a game, and we've got, you know, three to six months to make it. Well, instead of doing that, we've got this other thing we've been working on. Let's just throw Who Framed Roger Rabbit skins on everything and call it a call it a game, ship it out the door, you know? Like, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, it, it'd be really interesting to, to chat with somebody who worked on this game to kind of get the full story. Because yeah, that that very well could be the case. I don't know. I would love if anybody out there knows somebody that worked for Rare back in the day and would have some insight on this type of game. Please send them our way because I would love to ask what happened. Like, please yeah, just give me absolutely give me the the scoop on what happened because I, if I had played this when I was a kid, I probably would have given it a lot more. Uh, time and effort that I'm willing to give it as an adult, like because you know I had a lot of time on my hands as a kid. As an adult, you got two hours. I'm I give you two hours to catch my attention. If you don't do it and or you aggravate me in that two hour uh, session that I give you, that's it. You're not getting any more than that. Yeah, and I I'm kind of getting to that point too. You know, as I'm getting older because, you know. Time, you can't replace time. Yeah. And, so and he, you, you got you to gotta spend it wisely. And I would say if you're going to play this game, like I always say, like use a walkthrough. Even with this game, the, even the walkthrough says uh, that everything is random. There's no, the only way to get through this game is to go through and talk to everybody. Go to every building, talk to everybody, gather all the clues, and then go face down Judge Doom. It's the only way you get through the game. Like there's no, there's no walkthrough for the game because it's all randomized, which is kind of cool with the, for the time, which is you know it's kind of ambitious for a Nintendo game for things to be randomly generated. But at the same time, for a game like this, it's kind of frustrating because I'm like, I just want to see what happens. You know, I want to see the later stages of the game. But if all I can get is like an hour into it and I'm like barely anywhere, I'm just like, eh, I don't want to do this. Screw this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least if it was a platformer or something, I I could at least like feel like I had some challenge. 
But a game like this, there's there's really no kind of challenge to it because all it really is is just going around talking to people. So what uh what would you give this as far as a number grade? Uh, I mean it's good. Really, uh, it gets a four. <laughs> it's a four for effort. Yeah, I from what I've seen, I think that sounds about right. And it's not and, good. I mean, if you if you've never played this game and you're you're curious about it, I wouldn't even really bother. Honestly, it's not great. Well, you just answer my next question. I mean, unless so. you're a huge Who Framed Roger Rabbit fan and you're just like, I never played the the, the NES game. I wanna I wanna play it. Then I'd say, yeah, go ahead, give it a try. But it's just so. It's uh, it's one of those games that like we've said it here on the game on the on this show before. It's just so mediocre. <laughs> like there's nothing that grabs you and then and then and makes you want to play it more. It's more just kind of like, eh, I played that for a little while. I'm never gonna touch this again ever. Yeah, I like Roger Rabbit, but not that much. <laughs> I mean, I would love to actually see an updated version of this game. Where it's sort of like a, you know, like an LA noir <laughs> type of game. Oh, that'd be sick. That would be all with like going to Toontown and stuff like that. It would never happen because you'd never get the nope. licenses for all those characters. But imagine There'd like there'd be so many legal hoops to jump through. That would be sick if you could have Who Framed Roger Rabbit and today's video, like modern gaming. Like it would be awesome. It would never happen though. No. Heck, the fact that that movie happened back when it did was a miracle. I, know. I mean, Chip and Dale, the last Chip and Dale movie, is as close as you're going to get to that. Yep. But yep, that's yeah. uh, that's all I got to say about Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the NES. And like I said, anybody out there knows anybody that worked on this game or any kind of bad game back in the day, please send them our way so we can interview them. I really want to start interviewing people that worked on this stuff, just so I can ask them, what happened? What happened? Tell us. Just, we just want to ask you one simple question. Yeah. What happened? Why? <laughs> did, did you hate children? Is that what happened? <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> but uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Derek, what is going on with the Derek Diamond experience? So I re-released my fun conversation with Laura Faye Smith, who you know as a former uh, Open Micers guest mm -hmm. from uh, about, what, a year and a half ago? We ate now, candy with her. <laughs> yep, you guys did. Yeah, but you and Jacob both. And he so, almost um, went yeah. into a diabetic coma because of it. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, I, I felt for him so much <laughs> when that happened. But uh, yeah, you can find that on the uh, Derek Diamond Experience audio feed. The show will be back for sure with new episodes a week from today. But I might have a little little surprise for later in the week. Fantastic. So just uh, just stay tuned to at uh, D Diamond Podcast on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can head over to linktree.com slash D Diamond Podcast to uh, subscribe to the show and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, go check us out <clears throat> on the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week, we talked with Mr. Dave Stone. Comedian Dave Stone was on the show. It was one uh, just 
to have him on the show was incredible. Just go listen to it. He's one of the best comedians out there today. And um, coming up this week, we're doing another episode of Headliners where me and Jacob talk about all the weird headlines of the last couple of weeks and do our little commentary on it. So if you want to listen to that, it's open mic. Just go to openmikers.com. That's that's where you need to go. And uh, so anything else before we leave for this week? I think that's it. Well, let me play our music here if I can get to it. Here we go, right here. There we go. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. That is our link tree. And that takes you to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and our merch shop, which you can also get to by ncrmerch.com. Get your T-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. You can follow us on social media at NerdCaveRetro, at JFunktastic, and at Derek underscore Diamond. And please, leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms because earlier this year, we hit the top 100 in video games on Apple Podcasts. So we can do it again, but we need your help. We need your reviews wherever you can leave them. And Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. My name is Freeze. Learn it well, for it's the chilling sound of your doom. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.